Whoa! Well, hey chums! Didn't see you there. Are you ready to get a dose of more info from your two favorite Shadowrunners? Today we're going to be discussing a few new things about the Emerald City. Non-topic today are rundowns of Bellevue and Tacoma districts. Two in one episode? What gives? Why are you giving us so much in one episode? They asked expectantly. Well, audience proxy wolf, we are trying to get through a great deal of topics specific to the Seattle Sprawl this season because of a little announcement we have later on. Don't know if it'll be this episode, probably won't, but by the time our season ends, we will have news for all you chummers out there. Audience proxy wolf? Name doesn't really have a good ring to it, does it? Would you rather I call you Responsible Wolf? Point taken. Alright, folks. You know the drill. Let's talk a little bit about these two districts of Seattle. First up, Bellevue. Bellevue was founded in 1869. It remained a mostly rural area until the early 1940s. After the start of the Second World War, a large portion of the area came open to development, and this laid the groundwork for what would be downtown Bellevue. Through the second half of the 20th century, Bellevue truly lived up to its name, which means beautiful view, if you didn't know. It was covered in rolling hills and lush, vibrant parks. It was even voted the second best place to live in the United States in the early 2000s. Not much has changed, really. Bellevue is still a very aesthetically pleasing place. The rolling hills are still there, the parks are still perfectly manicured, but much of its natural beauty has been built on top of. Businesses, shopping districts, nightclubs, it has everything downtown has, but at a much more relaxed pace. Bellevue is the home to Aries Seattle headquarters, along with others like Microdeck and Gaiatronics. Lake Washington separates it from downtown in the west, and Lake Sammamish dominates the east. The 900 freeway acts as its southern border, and the 522-405 and the good old Touristville make up its border to the north and northeast. So we mentioned that Aries is headquartered there. Their building isn't hard to miss. It's a fixture of the Bellevue skyline. Located on the shore of Lake Washington, this red marble and copper tinted window edifice is the home of the company's Pacific Northwest headquarters. They offer daily tours of the joint and even a history of Damien Knight exhibit. But you need to sign up online for tickets and the waiting list, I mean, it's a lot longer than it should be, that's for sure. Up next, we have Bellevue Square. This is one of the oldest shopping malls in the entire sprawl, built in 1960. It's been going strong ever since, save for an economic downturn in the early 2000s. The mall has everything you could possibly need. Fine dining, shopping, it's got a car dealership inside. It's even got a whole new U franchise. But I hear you should steer clear unless what you want is purely cosmetic. It also has some decent nightclubs, Angel Express and Dragon's Roar. These are mob-run establishments, however, so don't say we didn't warn you. So this isn't really my jam, but I know a few people who really like this kind of stuff. That's wine. Thomas Vintners the, is the oldest vineyard in Seattle. The Thomas family has been growing their own grapes and making wines that, supposedly, beat the dreck out of anything the California Free State or the Europeans can make. So they have these 
biodomes over their vineyards, which filters the air and offers a pleasant outdoor stroll as part of their wine tasting tour. You know, I just don't understand wine. Not my thing either, but I've had some. It was good, I guess. Anyway, you all must be wondering, wow, guys, this place sounds like an absolute drag hole. Where's the fun stuff? Where's the dirt? Well, chum, it's hard to find. Bellevue is well-to-do, and they work real hard to keep the riffraff out. Hmm. Tell them about the main place. So, there's this place in Bellevue, Main Place Arcade, right? Now, you all know me. I have a big family, and everyone in my family is a metahuman. So, I tend to take people drecking on metas a little personally. Main Place Arcade says it's a fun, Main Street Community District with an atmosphere preserving traditional values. Yeah, it is, if those traditional values are from a time when it was illegal to be different. Sure, it looks nice. Cafes, shops, they're all great. And then you realize that you haven't seen a metahuman in a while. Now, they don't outright tell metahumans to not let the sun set on you here, but they let Night Errant do that for them. There are people AR bombing the area. A lot. But that can only go so far. A lot of hooders like to make runs against the area when they feel particularly bold. And you know what? Good on them. But moving on from that, let's talk about the Gates Casinos. <laughs> oh yeah, baby, I've lost more than a few thousand New Yen to these guys in my time. This casino is the largest and most opulent casino hotel in the sprawl. It was founded by Charles Gates from the micro-deck industries Gates family. The casino is basically a mini Las Vegas. They've got games, they've got shows, and two awesome restaurants specializing in Aztec, Mex, and American Salish food. If you can go, you should. It's a whole lot of fun. But, like the square, be forewarned. The casino is Finnegan family territory. They have a lock on the vice and prostitution. A lot of the talent works double as greeters or customer service reps, if you get my hidden meaning. A couple more things before we move on. One, Easel Southern Accent. It's a restaurant that caters to southern boys like us. The fried chicken's okay, a little dry. But the biscuits and gravy are top-notch. The Bellevue Correctional Facility, also known as the Brickyard, is home to some corporate MK Ultra building better worlds enhanced rehabilitation types that use the inmates as guinea pigs. After talking to a few people, it seems the chummers that go into that place, they don't come out the same. So a few major gangs that call the area home include the 405 Hellhounds, the Lake Acids, the Leather Devils, and Nova Rich. The Mafia has a major foothold in the district, as we've mentioned, and they are well established. One of their biggest rivals is the Yakuza, who unfortunately have their hands tied. The Axe can't act against the mob without driving property values through the floor. Honestly, that's just bad business. Now next up, we have Tacoma. The area was originally inhabited by the Puyallup people for thousands of years. In 1852, a Swedish settler built a sawmill which started the first settlement of Tacoma. 
It was abandoned during the Indian War of 1855, but was revived by a pioneer named Joe Carr in 1868. The name Tacoma is derived from nearby Mount Rainier, which originally was called Tacoma. In the 19th century, Tacoma became known as the City of Destiny because it was the western terminus for the North Pacific Railroad. Tacoma is a heavily corporate sector, with nearly 90% of the population holding some form of corporate affiliation. Tacoma is a major port, and still sees some of the largest amounts of ship traffic in the world. It's a bustling city within the sprawl, but it maintains something of a blue-collar feel to the area. I can't really explain it, it's just something that must be experienced. Tacoma is not, however, without some tragedy. It saw some of the worst violence during the Night of Rage and is home to many memorials which are visited by hundreds of thousands of people here. Two such places are the Crying Wall and the Tacoma Sheraton. The Crying Wall is located in the basement of the Bixen Building on East 11th. The wall was built by dwarf and orc sculptors depicting the events of that night and the aftermath. The public is allowed inside and it is common for offerings to be left. Flowers, candles, little trinkets. Really, it's just like the Vietnam Memorial or the Wailing Wall. Or the hypocenters of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Be quiet, be respectful, and you won't get your dreck pushed in by the volunteer security. I've also heard tell that there is an entrance to the underground there. All I can say is please don't use it. Not unless you absolutely have to. If not because it's a place of reflection and sorrow, then because the roaming angry spirits will rip you to shreds and possibly make the last moments of your life a living hell. The rumor is that metahumans in the tunnels around that area will be okay. Humans are no bueno. But when it comes to angry spirits, maybe it's just best to leave the dead alone. But the other memorial landmark of Tacoma is the Sheraton Hotel. Now by standards of hotels, it's the Sheraton. It's not high-end, but you won't have to worry about someone kicking your door in the middle of the night to geek you. Clean and I know a thing or two about that. In the lobby of the hotel is a bronze statue and plaque, and attached to the hotel is a small museum dedicated to the Night of Rage. Now, you're probably wondering why I'm speaking about this in a somber tone. That's because this memorial and museum is dedicated to badasses. So during the Night of Rage, the hotel staff barricaded and sheltered and protected 300 metahumans who sought shelter within this hotel. They barricaded the entrance and fought like Spartans. It's pretty cool. Because of this symbolism, the Sheridan is a target for anti-metahuman groups. But the Sheridan has always stood by the community, and in return, metahumans support them. Dare I say, they may be one of the few good guys in the corporate world. <laughs> but moving on from the sad stuff, there's the SeaTac Mall, containing five floors of shopping and dining, making this an ideal place for visitors who can't afford those Bellevue prices. There's the Silcox Island Correctional Facility. It's a 30-story structure which serves as a prison for both Tacoma and downtown Seattle. It's heavily forested, and no one has ever escaped. Though, there are many attempts. The island is patrolled by paracritters, bar ghasts, hellhounds mostly, 
and they have a taste for escapee. There's the Palace of China, one of the better night spots, if I do say so myself. It's a nightclub with a medieval Chinese theme. They also have an awesome illusion show there. Take a date. They'll love it. The place is also run by the Octagon Triad. There's that too, but don't worry. Like with most places run by organized crime, if you're just a civvy looking to enjoy your night and you mind your own business, they'll leave you alone. Tacoma is home to the Larson Shipyards. They've been building large commercial ships for half a century and are a big target for eco-terrorists given their drecking single-hull design for larger tankers. They leak pretty badly, and the eco-terrorists, they don't like that. Uh, there's also the Federated Boeing Metalworks. Raw materials arrive at the dock. They enter the metalworks and leave as, I mean, well, whatever it is they leave as. The metalworks smelts, alloys, and casts everything before sending it to factories around the continent. It's also home to an R&D division. Security around the FBMW is pretty tight. I'd even venture a guess as to say somewhat insane. Security guards, maglocks, trained hellhounds, checkpoints, and choke points. I mean, I'd almost say they're as well-guarded as Fort Lewis. So the I-5 runs through the middle of the district. To the west is the Puget Sound. The 167 is the eastern border until it reaches the 512, which makes up part of the southern border, until it reaches the I-5 and seals it off of the south. Tacoma is not home to many gangs, but the two major ones that call it home are the Ragers and the Spikes. Organized crime in every variety can be found throughout the district. The Vori and Triads wage war for control of the docks. Currently, the Vori are winning that fight. But the Mafia, the Yakuza, Seolpa, Cruz, and others all vie for a piece of the action. Tacoma is a major port, so it only makes sense. It's also a great place for smugglers. There's this bar called the Fenris Nacht. I genuinely do not recommend you go there. But it's tucked away a little place down in a dark alley in a basement. It's a lot like Harrah's in a way, but you're less likely to be eaten by the patrons at Harrah's. Lots of changelings, and some shaman types frequently. Oh, and like the Palace of China, there's a place called Olga's Tea Room. They have great tea, but if you know the right password, you'll be invited upstairs to meet the girls, as they say. They got all types, male, female, whatever meta type you want. But don't mess up, or Olga will make sure her void contacts ensure you are never heard from again. Phew, man, that was a long one. Like with all of our location episodes, well, most of our episodes really, we've only given you a taste of the area. There's so much more for you to see and learn. Or places for you to meet your Johnsons, or to get into shootouts, or get geeked. Always the ray of sunshine. One of us has to be. Well, this does it for another episode of Deniable Assets. I'm Wolf. And I'm Mr. Clue. Good night, and good running, Summer.